from plan A to plan B, the world of Indie Ball just got a bit more interesting. Find out what we mean this week on the Indie Ball Report podcast. We're back. Episode 247. Slowly marching towards the quarter of a millennium mark, which is about how long this show feels to listen to, I'm sure. Hi, Ryan. How you doing? You know, just making it feel like it's taking even longer. Definitely not helping that situation. The slow march to rigor mortis continues on. As always. Man, um... No. I was going to mention possibly getting a Christmas present for you. Not the time or place. We already don't want to get that off topic. Um, Why? Because we just spent 15 minutes trying to figure out a cold intro for this show just to sell on the most milk toast one possible. I mean, yeah. And then like 15 minutes before that, just scouring maps of the Pecos League with conspiracy theories about what team is joining the Pioneer League. So we suck. Buddy, Today, even more than, than usual, f- frankly. It was more than 15 minutes, buddy. I got news yeah, for you. It was, it was 15 it minutes was. trying to figure out which one played next to a body of water. Which is Monterey, I mean, by the way. Yeah. The Amber Monterey. And no wonder we can figure out because they're not there anymore. But, you know, great ballpark. I mean, look, Poor I don't Amber know. It, it looks cool. For what else we're dealing with in Vegas. But, yeah. uh, here's where yeah, we're anyway. like, we say they don't exist anymore. And then immediately someone tweets underneath this like, no, they're still there. Yeah, right. For all we know. Uh, Who's to say what the hell's going on? I mean, they're not listed on the map, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, right. Blame whoever makes their way. That's all we're going off of. My God. I don't think we should be rewarding the Pacers League with talking about them right away when we had the week that we did. That's my hot take. That's true. I mean, we have to talk about Steve Tassler being named commissioner of the Frontier League. That's some big news that as well i mean that seems like the only place to start certainly not you know like in the city by the bay you know that's certainly not the place to go to because nothing at all happened there (laughs) no nothing notable at all any case so oakland they have a baseball team well technically they have two for this year (laughs) true yes they do um we should elaborate on that yeah, you can go ahead. You can, if you would like, you can detail what's going on, and then we can figure out how we feel about it. God, you act like it's my show. <sighs> I'm just trying to not get in the way. I talked a lot last week, so I'm I'm trying to play play uh, the sharing game. That's why the ratings are better. Any case, Pioneer League <laughs> is heading to Oakland, California. The first Pioneer League team in California. There will be a sister team that will join them in Northern California. The greater Sacramento area seems to be the general consensus on the streets, and we are streets ahead. Uh, But we don't have an exact town yet. Everybody is desperately trying to find that out. We'll find out the formal announcement sometime in January. But we don't want to wait a month. We're impatient. Giving this now, uh, there is a bounty of zero dollars for anyone that can give me that information. Regardless, uh, team's name is going to be the Ballers or the Bees. Uh, the colors are exactly the same as the Oakland Athletics, also known as the Oakland A's. You can kind of see where they're going with that. 
Uh, Mika Franklin and Ray King are on the pitching staff. Franklin, the manager, King to be the pitching coach. Both have former Major League Baseball pitching and playing experience. Presumably that will help generate things. Paul Friedman and Brian Carmel, uh, both locals. They are owning the team. There's 200, or not 200, there's 2 million in initial startup funding. Uh, there's several other former major leaguers involved in it. However, long story short is, uh, Oakland has a baseball team. They're likely playing out of Laney College, although that really hasn't been confirmed anywhere yet. That just seems to be the general speculation about it. And I, I did see that, uh, on Twitter from a member of their staff. Okay. So I'm not, so I think they're pretty open about it right now. Okay. Because, like, I saw in several articles it wasn't confirmed for it, like, in any official thing. But I could have sworn I saw somebody actually say it. But then I couldn't find where I saw it. So I was like, okay, we're going to go with the not confirmed. So that way I don't look like an ass more than I have to. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Um, I, I believe it has been all, I think, confirmed. I think it has been. Okay, good. So... That's the general facts of the matter. They're going to play in a new uh, Pacific division. So I imagine this is also why when we were talking about scheduling uh, like a week or two ago, you were like, huh, there's nothing from them yet. And uh, well, now we know why there was nothing there yet. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of thoughts. Yeah. um, I don't know what stands out to you about it what's what's the most pressing thing in your mind what's your and what's your vibe on this whole thing so like i'm like since tuesday i've been figuring out how i'm gonna word this because like i have two different like mindsets two different tracks on it and they both wind up leading to cautiously optimistic but like i'm gonna start with the positive side of it before i go to like the negative on it because i do want to get it out in the open first, I want to see it succeed. And I think there, there is a pathway to it, right? Where with other teams, it's like, all right, just do the the same basic slate of things that every team has to do to be successful. And you probably will survive with Oakland. It's not a matter of figuring out that extra, like kind of missing step to really make it survive. You kind of know what you have to do. You know, what works and what doesn't work. You also have an inbuilt fan base for baseball in general. And presumably you have a more cost-effective and potentially even nicer ballpark to see baseball in. Uh, you have something that is built by the community for the community. That's obviously a huge plus there. So from that fan-facing perspective, I think that's certainly a positive there as well. It seems like they know what they're doing, generally speaking, as far as management goes. Again, very early on. So just kind of initial impression more than anything else. But it seems like they have a general plan down for how they're going to do the travel, how they're going to do this, how they're going to do that. And they're kind of slowly putting it together. And it seems to be, generally speaking, positive so far. So that's certainly a plus there. And also the $2 million startup capital is also a nice little thing to see. Now, again, I imagine that's not entirely the way it's been framed to be. Just like, hey, look, we got $2 million, But how much did the expansion team cost? So, like... That was part of it. Plus, obviously, being out on kind of an island by yourself, even if you get this, we're just going to call it the Sacramento team, even though it's probably not going to be in Sacramento proper. Um, and having that there, it'll help with travel a little bit. But, I mean, generally speaking, you still got to fly to games. So that's something there. 
Um, the negative person in me is kind of like, okay, are they baseball fans or are they major league baseball fans or are they Oakland athletic fans? Because if it's I, if it's the middle one where they're MLB fans, you have a chance at winning them back over and getting to embrace the, the local area. I suppose they're athletic fans. You have a chance of getting them to embrace a new team, but generally speaking, they probably aren't baseball fans, so I'm not sure they want to invest in another team. If they're just general baseball fans, then hey, then that's the easiest sell of them all. So that's a positive there. I'm a bit worried about operating expense. It's going to cost a lot of money to fly out there, and what are already kind of brutal road trips are about to get even worse. Because I figure they got to do them in like sets of 9 or 12. Uh, that'd be the only thing that would make sense to me. You're not going to, you know, not go away for two weeks at a time when you got to fly to most of your destinations or fly to a place and then rent a bus to take the team wherever. So that's a little bit of an issue there. And again, I think the million dollar question, which is the thing that we're both going to come back to and everyone that talks about this is going to come back to, is your one's not really the problem. Out of just pure spite, it will not be a problem. The problem becomes year two, year three, year four, year five. And as we get further and further away from Oakland leaving, or, well, the A's leaving Oakland, rather, will the team be able to do enough in that first or second year to say, hey, stick around, keep coming to the games? And I think also, partially, it may be a bit of an easier sell to get people to come into Oakland to watch Major League Baseball versus Minor League Baseball. And I think for a lot of people, too, going from Major League Baseball, even if it is the A's, gotta have my dig in, it's still higher quality than the Pioneer League. So getting used to that shift, I think, is definitely going to be a learning curve for some people. And I think that could be a problem as well. So initial thoughts is... There's definitely an eager base that's willing to give you that shot and maybe even a couple shots early on. So if you do the right things from the start and then you have a couple of missteps, but you by and large get it together and get it right, you'll be successful. The problem is, though, if you don't give them a reason to come back, they really aren't going to come back. And that first impression is going to do an awful lot. So uh, that's the initial thought I had. Yeah, I have um, I have a lot of thoughts on it. First of all, it's, it's a pretty brilliant branding move from the Pioneer League to lean into and, and to sort of be open to. Um, you know, how many times has the Pioneer League now been referenced uh, in the past week oh, or half a week? I mean, right. So... That's a great call. Um, if I recall as well, their contract with um, MLB for the pretty much the yeah. severance money. I'm just thinking it through to see if I have the paper copy of anything here. No, but I think that's wrapped up. And it is funny that immediately now Perfect. they're doing this, which I think is something that a lot of leagues would be afraid of doing, which is fascinating. Yeah. It's a high cost of operation league. I mean, with all the travel and everything. Like, yeah, player True. salaries yeah. are low, but I mean, when you got to pretty much go on a 300-mile bus trip for your nearest away game. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. Well, 
I guess I'm trying to formulate these into sort of a, yeah. an order that makes sense here. Uh, my general vibe on it is positive and hopeful. Um, I think there's, I mean, the good thing is, is understanding that there is a market that's hungry for it in a way to kind of, I, I want to say exploit that. It's not exploit that. That's not what I mean, but like, um, strike a good chord to get attention and capitalize on interest it. in a way that, yeah. And that a lot of indie league teams I don't think can, um, so that's good. Um, now there's, I agree with you. I'm not worried about year one. However, uh, if you've looked at the Laney college baseball field recently, there's like no seating It's extremely limited. So yeah, like year one might be the easier year to search on fans in. Um, and they're going to be very limited in how they can, you know, generate revenue through that. I think, um, and any revenue they do generate is going to be from probably something that they have to pump money into for renovation to that ballpark, which they've referenced in, uh, the rollout. So that is going to be interesting to pay attention to. And that is definitely a cause for concern. Um, further cause for concern, I would say is you are, you are inviting the comparison to MLB teams by doing this and you're going to need to put a good product out there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to need to have a lot of well-executed in-game experience, in-game entertainment you know, going on. Um, and frankly, Oakland has shown us they can be passionate about baseball, and they've also shown us that they cannot show up for a bad baseball product. So you need to deliver a good baseball product. Um, and it's like, if you don't, it's going to be hard to win people back. Like, you know, it, you're very quickly going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a side thing. If you don't deliver on those promises, they're going to be like, well, we've already seen what happens. We don't deliver on the promises in that town when it comes to your baseball team. Um, it won't be well received. So there's a lot of possible pitfalls that are going to have to be very careful to avoid in rolling this thing out. Um, I will say, I mean, they are going to have less trips. It sounds like I, I'm wondering if they're going to have their own division with one other team in it. And they're going to be, because I've already heard the term travel partner tossed around and that most of their travel is going to be that team. So I think they're going to have a very weighted schedule toward that other California team, at least for this year. Mm-hmm. And then maybe further expansion comes, which balances the divisions differently. But um, so that's interesting to see. So, I'm wondering if they're only going to have to make a few road trips. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they play about five or six of the teams in the league on the road and same maybe with teams coming to Oakland. Um, yeah. Which I yeah, don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that's a good move for the pioneer. Well, I mean, realistically, maybe they're doing the 12 teams. So they have four teams in it. Um, let me see which two make sense. I'm so bad with going off the top of my head on the, yeah. you know, the, far out west geography stuff but yeah um, once we yeah once we get through just the general discussion here on it there's an immediate comparison i had for this laney college stadium so yeah it's just just remind me to circle back to that gotcha um so i mean i would assume if they're doing a 14 pod thing maybe they're doing like boise and either Ogden or Idaho Falls it could be Boise and Idaho Falls, and then you have the Montana division, Here's the counter the though. division, and then you have Utah and Colorado as a division. Counterpoint though is flying into Denver a bit easier, and by easier I mean i.e. cheaper, because you could fly into Denver cheaper. Colorado Springs in northern Colorado probably a bit easier to swing. Yeah, you know you might be right on that one. Um, uh, yeah. You might be right there. We'll see. I, there's a lot they might have rolling with here, mm. but uh, I, I don't know. I, I I hate to say it. I have 
I have some bad vibes. Mm. Um, I watched the interview. The one interview was like 10 minutes fish long, I feel like, with the owners, Brian Carmel and Paul Friedman. Yeah. I was not impressed. I don't want to say there was red flags, but I'll say, and they, they introduced themselves in their backgrounds. And like, Brian Carmel was like, he said, my background is much more in storytelling. I've been a television writer and producer and media executive for my entire career. It's like, okay, sure. Not really relevant, but okay. Like entertainment, fine. Yeah. It could be good and for the other guy. Yeah. But then Paul Friedman had just one of those ones that like sets off a little alarm bell. I don't know. Maybe just with me. It was, uh, I'm a founder and builder in a lot of different businesses, but mostly in the human capital space. So a lot of companies focused on the concept of economic mobility, things that provide better for their families and their communities. But I'm a business builder. Hey, Paul, what does that mean, dude? Like, uh, like, sorry, I just, my, it made my skin crawl, buddy. Like, this is like one of those, from getting a business. Like, it is one of those things where it's like, stay, like, that is, that is someone who, that's the guy. Is, yeah. What, what do you think? The immediate thing when you heard, when you said that, I was like, Holy shit. And I'm sure I'm not alone for this. This is like when you first graduate college and you don't have shit on your resume. So you just kind of apply to stuff. And then when you apply and you look the thing up, you're like, oh, it's one of these bullshit things. But in the interview, they're like, yeah, you know, we're a new age company designed for the modern younger worker and trying to mix like business with family and all that crap. Yeah, like... I'm even looking through like his LinkedIn, like it's just like president of like, I don't know, some random companies. Sure. Nothing before that, nothing about background. And then it's like CEO of like a bunch of like education companies, but like one, I think it's like no longer accrediting (laughs) another. It was like online college stuff, which is like a mixed bag when it comes to legitimacy. Aren't they Um, the ones that are like the primary holders in, educational debt in this country i think yeah maybe yeah like like mercy college and all that crap i don't know mercy exactly but like uh oh who's the big one that got busted like a year or two back oh i don't remember but i I remember like watching a video on it i was like oh cool yeah like i know there's like a pbs frontline series about it (laughs) that's a good sign yeah like i don't know he could be fine but it's just like a lot of weird jobs and it's a lot of like jobs that seem really far from being relevant. So I don't know if, I mean, he's, it's not like he's just a funder. He's CEO of this. Like now, if I'm honest, I am more worried about the people behind this idea than anything else, than, than the fan support than anything else. Like I think mm. in a situation where we're talking about how you got to get it right from the jump and like deliver for people, like you need to have all the right people in all the right places and I'm kind of like who are you founder builder of businesses like yeah I'm a business builder sounds really cool but like he'd never build a business like this he's never yeah. built it's just a totally different I don't know industry. man it just it feels it's giving me and maybe it's just because it's recent it's giving me very concerning I'm a real estate mogul vibes from Gastonia. Yeah. Which I like, found the PBS yeah. thing too, just unrelated. Like, uh, 
I don't know, man. That's, yeah, it feels very be- much like just a dude that has some money and wants a ball club or has like, or well, has, has a like, way to get money out of people that who, you know, have had some bad, you know, breaks. Exactly. Oh, so, hey, online education guy. Like, yeah, Everest College. Uh, you can dude. cut all that if you want it because that might be an unnecessary shot to online education, which is not my thing. But like, there's no, a lot I'm of online education that. companies are trash. Like, University of Phoenix. Uh, I just. Yeah, see, here's the. Yeah, like. It very much does have that kind of. I'm a real estate mogul, just trust it vibe. And the thing is, it's not always like as scammy as. You know, like, oh, I'm just going to get this to develop this to make more money off of it. Sometimes it's just straight up as like, oh, I have a chance to be a big man and be the hero. And then it's like, oh, no, I don't. And it feels like I agree with you. Like, that's the biggest issue there. And like, look at this Laney College to wrap it back to the thing I said a few minutes ago. Like, you look at this ballpark and like, it's fine for like, you know, the kind of college that Laney College is fine. But it reminds me, for those that remember the short-lived idea that was the Western Professional Baseball League. Mm-hmm. Who remembers that? Yep. And like yep. one of their two announced teams in the Henderson Who. I encourage <laughs> everyone to go look at the Morris Field at uh, College of Southern Nevada. And it looks very, very, very similar. And all I'm going to say is, that's not... The most encouraging sign. Now, obviously, the field can get renovated. You can do more with it. Now, of course, I don't want to make the bad comparison, but I think we all have to acknowledge that on a couple of fronts, if it goes bad, I do stress if, it could turn into a jackal-type situation where your livelihood depends on a college that owns the field you play on and over time, if that relationship deteriorates, you could find yourself homeless and scrambling for something and then having to move into an area that is completely opposite of your existing fan base. Now, of course, you know, that's not necessarily an issue here. It may never be an issue here, but it is something that has to be considered. And also the fact that people are willing to travel more for major league ball versus minor league ball, right? So are you going to be able to attract the same crowd to those two events is another question I have. Or how are you going to attract them? I, I guess it's a more positive way to phrase it. That is definitely interesting. And I'm, in the, I'm, I'm being bad. Yeah. I'm like still obsessing over this Paul Friedman guy. Yeah. I should not be. It's not the point. The point is, there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. It's going to be a hell of a tightrope to try to get this thing right, which it feels like the second week in a row we're talking about an indie ball team that's going to have that kind of situation yeah. uh, after Gastonia last week. So, yeah, um, I I hope this works. This I don't like the number of things that feel temporary because it's just too easy to walk back. You know, we're at this small college field temporarily. We're going to do some renovations on it. And they're putting another team. Who the other team seems like they're going to be using some college field, which I guess is not a big deal for the Pioneer League. But I'm also like, and it feels, you know, not exactly super permanent. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, just, I would I, hate for I this to immediately walk like back. 
Yeah, I don't like it either, but what a certain team something to mind that certain leagues, but that's just where I'm coming from. But I, my takeaway is if they're going to do it right and get the right people involved, it's going to be good. Um, if not, you know, uh, it's going to be a mess and it's going to hurt to watch. And it's going to maybe put a, a, a dark mark on a league that's been doing well lately yeah. and has been making the right strides. So I hope it doesn't. I like that this is a league not afraid to fly in the face of MLB. I like that. I respect the hell of it. Um, I think it's interesting, by the way, because this is something that we've talked about in the past, changing gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry if we got sort of caught up in being negative on that one, but it, it is interesting to see a very clear team now, because we've talked about the concept of this, that benefits from not, like, you know, flying the MLB flag and logo all the time. Yeah. Like, it, we, we talked about this in the context of, I found in... Lexington and some other markets that, you know, the Atlantic League was very forward and being like, we're not, do not use the phrase any ball, use partner league mm. because like it's a huge thing. And there were markets who were like, hey, like MLB partner league, like we just got broken up with by MLB. Our fans aren't thrilled about that. Like that's not a brand of, you know, yeah. uh, that has, you know, the awe factor here. Like, yeah, I don't want to fly made. the banner of the guy that just conquered me. Yeah. And, and you sit and you're like, well, anyway, it's interesting here that this is one that is going to be very expressly that way. And frankly, I, I think it's going to maybe put the, I don't know what the relationships are like, but I'd be surprised if MLB is thrilled about this and the way they've kind of rolled it out with like kind of a middle finger. It's interesting. I have noticed the Pioneer League has seemed to, very carefully not be doing that mm. and be like, like, be like, well, the team, they're going to do that, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, look, the Atlantic league has Staten Island. There was something like lawsuits going on, same with tri city and frontier league. So whatever, but yeah. it, it is going to be interesting to see how they, as a league and as an organization navigate that MLB branding question, um, over the next, you know, well, yeah, year and beyond the too is it depends also on a major league versus a minor league market, right? In a market like, say, Stan Island, that major league branding could be more beneficial to you because New York is, I think we can confidently say, more of a major league market. It's the kind of thing where no one really cares about college athletics. Minor league athletics are more, more or less just like, okay, it's kind of a fun activity type of thing, which I think is generally the case for a lot of places, but it's also not the kind of live and die kind of mentality. It's all about, okay, these are the pro teams. These are the ones we care about. You know, in New York in particular, it's like, okay, it's the Yankees. Then it's the Giants. Then it's the Mets. Then it's the Jets. The Knicks are probably in there too, but mainly only when they're doing well. Uh, the Nets are also there. And then there's all the hockey as well. So it's just like, okay, we only have the the real care for pro teams because there's so much else happening too that you have to stand out. As opposed to some of these other minor markets, you know, smaller markets, like, say, Boise, where you have, like, what, an ECHL team? So, yeah, the minor league mm-hmm. baseball team is going to hold a lot more weight. And so that MLB seal off the bat wasn't really going to do all that much because it's like, okay, great. It's a major league baseball logo. It doesn't really, you know, what's the relationship here? Like, cool. We we're proud of when our guys from Boise make it to the show. No doubt about that. And, but like, great, you're a partner league. We're not seeing our guys go to the show anymore, though. 
So it, it holds a little bit different weight when you're in those pro markets. Being able to be like, oh, you know, okay, it's associated with Major League Baseball. Maybe I should give this a look first. Okay, it's still minor league ball. Yeah, I follow. Um, I'm just trying to think this through. <laughs> yeah. And where this is going to go, man. It just, it, it, which might even be a waste of time, but mm. do you think this is going to work out? This, if you had to make the prediction. Here's the thing. I could see it going both ways. Because on one hand, I think there's a lot of concerns to be had here. On the flip side, I also could see it. I just I could see it going so many different ways, man. Because like, I want to take a second to make sure I word it right, so that way I don't sound too negative. The leadership at the very top is what concerns me. The rest of the way down, I'm kind of fine with. You have, uh, who is it? Uh, I got it written down here. Uh, Wakamatsu handling baseball ops. So I like that, even though I don't really know Indy Ball, but you know, I figure he could get it going there. Managing wise, they got some names, and that seems positive here. We know some of the other people involved in it, and I like them as well. Um, Again, I feel like the general fan support early on is there, so you have that opportunity. But my biggest concern, and when you were first, you know, giving your thoughts on it, what came to my mind is like the, I really hope this doesn't come across in the way of like, well, yeah, we'll show you, we'll have our own ball club. And it winds up being like, yeah, this is your own ball club. It's just the Pioneer League team. I really hope it doesn't come across that way. Because there is a cynical way to look at this where you go, oh, so you don't have the A's, so you have the B's, and they have the same colors, and they, mm-hmm. you know, you see where I'm going with that. So, yes. I'm really, 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 really hope people don't take it that way. And as we know, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the, I don't want to call it echo chamber, but the kind of paw from which we exist in a lot in indie ball because it's such a small community and the fact that really the only place to talk about it is online and in those small communities and we're inherently going to build ourselves up because Christ, quite frankly sometimes we need it so you're not going to see too much critical thinking until like the problem comes like okay it's actually starting to become an issue that's when we'll start to acknowledge it so you know we haven't seen too much critical of it that said, I do think there's a couple ways where the general public may not be as optimistic or view it in the same light as we are or as the advocates for Oakland are seeing it. So to answer the overall question of how do I see it working out, I think it entirely depends on the public mood. If the public mood is positive and wants to be you know, cooperative and build with the team, I think it works out really well. If the public mood is just kind of neutral, I think it kind of sputters for a little while, but gets by for a good little clip before the costs start to make, you know, very important and critical decisions for them. If uh, Mm -hmm. the general community is just like, it's not Major League Ball, it's not the A's, then it doesn't have a shot. But I don't think that's going to be the concern, at least early on. Yeah. Um, 
and I guess to, to one, I'll get to what I'm thinking might happen here too. Um, I think it's worth just pointing out my least favorite thing about all of this Mm. and what I would, this sounds weird, but kind of my biggest concern is this, the bees branding because when you build your whole, it's one thing to be like, we made our own team middle finger. We're doing our thing because you chose to not want us. Well, then we don't need you. That's one thing, but (laughs) to build your whole brand identity around that middle finger to them, that's backwards looking in my mind. And and I worry that it seems very leaning that hard into it. Yeah. Gives you a plot early on and gives you some traction early on. I worry that that is not going to age as well, or maybe it will. I mean, maybe it will sort of over time. It does come across as juvenile. It does a little bit, and that's not necessarily, I think, what you want to do, especially if we're putting the legitimacy thing forward. Exactly, Um, and it may not be even the intention of it. It just may be how it comes Mm -hmm. across, because you can't control Uh, how someone perceives something. That's out of your control, but you can do something to kind of guide them to the result you want. Uh, Yes, I agree with that one. Um, The... The, what I think is going to happen here is going to be it's going to be complicated. It's going to really depend on your one because I think it goes without you know beating to death that the Pioneer League needs to expand quickly after this. Like mm-hmm. they need to. It's not great <laughs> by any measure. Yeah, that's the next teams hanging way out there. I think that it also relates to how the team will do because I, I think they need to. Uh, God. So having the two teams out there, having them play each other more, having the weird travel situation, it's not ideal. <laughs> and these are not the big budget teams, uh, even compared to other indie ball teams. So they need to be, there's a ticking clock on the additional expansion. Each expansion, as we are noting with the issues with expansion in the Atlantic League, is a commitment from the league. It is a reputation commitment, it is a financial commitment, it is a time commitment. Um, you know, if you put a brand somewhere and it fails, that's a four or five year wasted opportunity on expansion. Now you have to try it again somewhere else. Um, I am interested in what year one looks like if they are trying to expand year two, like in 2025 to have more teams in California or they're going to take a little more time. If this thing by mid season year one is looking like it is struggling. If you're the Pioneer League, I mean, are you thinking, Oh God, did okay, we make a mistake? maybe we need to pull back and not put more teams out there and then just have them on the island when this team stops working out? Like, it, like it, it's, I feel like the success of this team is really going to dictate the Pioneer League's future, which maybe goes without saying, but in ways that I think are even more immediate than we might think. When it come when when you acknowledge the fact that yeah they can't just have two teams stay out there by themselves and you're going to want to expand but before you expand you want to make sure this is not just going to be a short lived thing too so I mean hey it's a gamble it's a gamble that might not pay off but the Pioneer League has shown that they're gamblers before mm. everybody took this leap to do the indie ball thing they have taken some like leaps on the content side the entertainment side so you know this is who they are and we. Time and time again, we applaud them for that. And I feel like 
I think it's a coin flip whether this works. And I think if it doesn't work, it's going to probably fade in two, three years. Mm. Um, it's too expensive a gamble be, to keep up for five. Yeah, and and if it goes if it goes belly up and it's looking bad early, then it gives the pioneerly a couple of years to find their new market, you know, closer to the footprint. Um, yeah. Let's not sleep on the fact that there are some Pecos League markets I think would be jumpable into the mm-hmm. Pioneer. We were looking at um, what Monterey has something that they're no longer in the Pecos. Marysville has a 4,000 seater um, that is well within, you know, reach for that um, if you're doing the California expansion. So there's things to look at there. It's just going to be tense i do not envy the risk they've taken but i I appreciate them doing it um yeah i I don't know i guess that's not really a prediction it's it's saying that i think we're going to know what this looking like pretty fast and i think we're going to know what the long term looks like on this by what the pioneer league does with announcements of future franchises like if they're very early to be like yeah we're expanding more that's probably a good sign and if they're a little hesitant maybe not I don't know, but yeah. And the thing that gets I really me, want this to work. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too, because it's a it's a very ambitious decision to do it, because this is clearly the kind of decision that you need a hundred percent ownership buy on buy in on, right? You can't have anyone that's like, no, we're not ready to see this thing work out. If you have like two owners that are like, eh, I don't know about it, you're not doing this because it's just such a big gamble, and <laughs> realistically. It's the league's money that's on the line, and the league's money is really the owner's money. So you you have to have that buy-in. And if this works, then it opens the door to a lot more. I worry whether or not this was a necessary move to make, because they could have been very content just in their, what, 10-team setup, trying to, you know, maybe go for a less ambitious decision, maybe something in Nevada if it was there, maybe look more... Nebraska, Wyoming, we could just kind of rule out. I mean, I don't think there's enough population there. And also, we're dealing with a state that doesn't have high school baseball. There isn't a baseball culture there. Um, I don't mean to disparage Wyoming. Great rodeo. Great rodeo, Wyoming. You're right. Hang in there. It's like, I don't mean to disparage the Wyoming baseball fans here, but guys, it's just, it's rough out there. And just putting like one team in like Cheyenne or something is not going to work. It's just going to be way off. And also, yeah, I mean, like Cheyenne's close enough to like NoCo and them. So I guess, but like, we're not going down that tangent. But still, you didn't really need to do something ambitious, but you chose to do it. And I applaud you for doing that. You could have even said, like, okay, maybe we'll look more along the Canadian border. Maybe we'll look more like Oregon or Washington. But they wanted to go big game hunting and they, they got something here. So now it's on to them to really make it work. But it, it's definitely playing at the, you know, at the big game. There's, there's, a, there's a high buy-in here. So like you said, I mean, like it's it's an immediate results-based kind of thing. This is uh, not so much a, okay, let's see if that burns in the oven and more or less uh, grab the burn to find out if it's hot. Um, the thing that I... yeah. Just going to say, and here you go, Wyoming, yeah. for all of our Wyoming listeners. Yeah. All three um, of you. They have, it, they have gotten the draw. They were able to pick their own bull to ride, and they decided to go with that big dog rather than going with the one that they've ridden before that they know they could get a, probably get a good ride on. 
because <laughs> they won the big points that comes with the big bowl. And now they got Pioneer League's going to find out. Like, you know, either you're going to walk away with nothing and that bowl's going to walk away being like, damn, they messed that up, but I got a ton of points here. Or they're going to walk away with a ton of points and look amazing in front of everybody. Uh, there you go. There's your rodeo reference. Um, that, I will say, is that the episode title though? Grab the bull by the ballers. Oh, bud, love it. The reason I don't want to, part of me wants to like scream, like Pioneer League. You're getting sold into a good situation. You have a couple markets you're trying to cultivate. What are you doing? But how many times have we sat around, even off the pod, just kicked around like possible expansion spots? And just seems a little far beyond the footprint, even though we know it would be cool. And we're like, ah, like yeah. if this works, I mean, think about the big, like almost like satellite team expansions we've seen Sugarland, Cleburne, like that, you know, the efforts for further expansion never came about. Like who knows what yeah. the American Association's talk, like thinking about. Cause we talked about last week, them yeah. looking Southeast, but bring, right now they yeah, still have people hanging point, out yeah. there. And, it is hard. It's because it takes time to get that done. And you do not want the team just sitting out there or, you know, having to hopefully get another market so that you, that's close to your footprint so you can cut that one loose. That's a weird situation, too. So I'm hoping if this works out and they can use this as the, the jumping off point for a successful Western expansion, that is going to start to be the blueprint for everyone else to do it. And and I think for all of Indie Ball, that would be a great thing. So I think... All the Vinnyball should be rooting for this. I think that's no question. It's yeah. good for everybody if it succeeds. It's not e- like every league should be rooting for it because it's not even like you're not even like you went in anyone else's footprint here except Paco. Sorry, but whatever. Yeah, um, they don't count. It, no, they really don't. Um, so yeah, it's there. There's a lot on the line for all of Vinnyball here. It could be a really good thing. Also, yeah. because it's a public thing, like every, a lot of people are what looking at this. That's also not even the fact that like. We as indie ball fans and media people and whatever are really relying on the ballers to not make a mess of this. Like they need to get this right, dude. Yeah. Because this can be people are gonna be paying attention to this. Like this is getting discussed. This is the best PR the we've had in a while. A month in, a year in, whatever, that yeah, the failed indie ball's a mess. Like there's no backing here. Or like they have the oh, that Oakland Ballers team that everyone has name recognition with has like is some dumb thing where like, you know, a game ended because of darkness or they had some random pitching and he gave up a 20 runs and they lost 45 to three in a weird pioneer league game. Like that's going to make a bigger impact. So I also am like pleading with the baseball gods <laughs> to have people that are going to execute well in Oakland because. Oh God. And especially opening has- night. The opportunity Please, here. God, let opening night oh, go off God. without a hitch. Because that's the one where all the press are going to be at. Mm-hmm. Everything could, like, we could just have a complete disaster on night two. I'm fine with that if the trade off is it runs seamlessly and beautifully for opening night. Yeah. Um, Which, it's a shame mm. that uh, I, I'm thinking about this. I. It's a shame that Dallas Braden is not going to be able to do anything with them, realistically, because mm. he is that guy. I mean, yeah. if you wanted a personality attached to this, it's Dallas Braden. Um, but yeah, it, with his working and broadcasting for Oakland, which he's a killer. I love it. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't suspect that he will be able to do anything, unfortunately. Get Brody Brazil in here. Yeah, man, he's the one who had the interview I was watching with yeah. them. Brody Brazil is fascinating. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I feel like uh, this is my, you know, admission yeah. to everybody listening here. I feel like I didn't have a lot to say on this, where I didn't have a lot of substance to say. And really, it's because I am not sure how I feel about this still. I'm very conflicted. Yeah. I want it to work so well. I'm I don't know that it's a decision I would have made, but I also love the decision. It's such um, an indie ball decision, though, where it's just like, you know what? We're going for it. It's the going yeah. for it on fourth and five, where you're like, there's still like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and we're only down by five right now. Like, we don't need to go for this one here at midfield. We can punt this one, but you're like, yeah, but if we convert it, we can march this clock down and burn it down to about a minute 30 left with a lead in hand. So we're going for it, right? Like, yeah. So you got to respect that move. And like, I do wonder if my perception of this would be different if they went with a different brand. If they didn't go bulge, they went yeah. something else. Even, even if you want my, to keep like the bees thing, and you went with like Oakland. Like Oakland Bay's, even though it's San Francisco Bay, so not one for one there, but like something like that. I mean, Oakland Oaks would have been good. Oakland Olympians, Oakland's because Olympians kind of plays on athletics. You know, like I feel like you could have done more there. I'm cool with keeping the colors and whatnot because I mean, those are kind of like when you think Oakland colors, you're like, oh, green and yellow or green and gold. Like that's just what you think of. So I'm cool with that. Like, Ballers as a name, I don't like it. And it's, like, kind of clear to it, like, we're picking a fine name, but we really want you to go by the Bees, which doesn't have the same ring to it, I don't think. So, like, I just feel like the branding could have been better, and it would have made it feel... I don't want this to be insulting, so I really hope it doesn't come across that way, but I'm going to just say it outright. It would feel so much like uh, less of a, you can't tell us what to do. We're going to do our own thing, that kind of juvenile, like, we're going to show you. And more of a, this is a serious business enterprise. It, at least in my it's eyes. Sent, yeah. It's, it felt to me like it was sending a message that we're doing this because of them, not for you. Yeah. Like, it's like not, you, you want to be like, we're doing this for the fans. We don't even think about you. Mm. It, it is almost like, literal proof on your head that they live in your head rent free yeah it's like no nah, that shouldn't be it like we are going to be we're our own thing we're not even worried about what you're doing oh you're staying for another year cool enjoy that good luck with your stadium we're doing our own thing over here like enjoy um while you're i mean if they're smart man i don't know where the oakland uh coliseum's property starts but if i'm them bro i am their advertising team as close to that property line as you can make the cops get involved about it yeah. <laughs> like make the media story be that they kicked you off of their property while you were telling the team telling people about the team that wants to stay around like there's ways to do this and like stir up a little bit of a ruckus and have a good time with it i mm. just you know i, I don't know that like there's ways to give the finger without being like our entire identity is it. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's yeah. what worries me. Yeah. It just is a lot of concern there. But like you said, the plus side is if it does work out, especially for the pioneer league, it opens up a world of opportunity for you 
Because realistically, mm-hmm. you look at a map, how much further away is Oakland than, say, some spots in Texas? Uh, yeah, man, you're right. I mean, and that's a growing market. Now, obviously, we know the issues with Texas baseball and heat. That's well, certainly a concern, but like you can work around it. And realistically, if you start doing really, really well, and you have a municipality that they maybe is involved with the Pecos League, and they start looking like, hey, this Pioneer League, you know, they they're generating a lot of revenue, and like we started talking to some of these other cities that had them come to town, and like the city's benefiting a lot from this. We like having a baseball team here. Maybe you got to go, and if you're in like say Tucson or Santa Fe or something. You go like, hey, we'd like a Pioneer League team. You guys can make that happen. We can make that happen. Whatever. Like, maybe that's overly optimistic. But if the economic reality starts to become like, hey, Pecos was great for what it was. But, like, we've outgrown this. And we want a part of that. Like, there is a very real possibility there. And it feels like the Pioneer League in particular specializes in i'm going to say remote and i'm not sure if it's the right word but in kind of more remote smaller cities right those cities that are not touching six figures population but they may get close to it that's their bread and butter strong regional areas if you're going into an area you haven't gone before but the city fits your description fits your pattern and you also show like hey look we work with this city of like i don't know how many people are in oak we can work with that. We can also work with a community that has far fewer than that, as little as, say, 65,000. We can adjust for whatever. That's a great selling point to a lot of different communities, and it can really help out indie ball as a whole. There's so much potential, if it goes right, that you can't help but root for it to succeed. But, yeah, it, there's just a lot of concern. It's really the ultimate problem. Yeah. Um, I've described the Pioneer League markets as uh, how do I describe it as uh, self-contained before Mm. where it's almost like you can operate however you need to operate to succeed in your little market like then I don't say little market as in like patronizing I'm saying like if we were in Lexington we were always thinking about marketing in Lexington and like to the city of Lexington and to the farm communities outside of Lexington. Like you, like it's, it's difficult. Like you have more of a channel of just straight to people that you know really well in these communities out in the Pioneer League and can basically gear anything to it if you choose to. Like the type of promotions you can gear very particularly, like a promotion that might not work for 90 other teams out there could work for you because you know your market, you know this thing would do great. Um, you can have a certain lean into a certain type of player like if it's just a grinder town that it's all about just like work hard not afraid to get punched in the face not afraid to punch someone else in the face you get a bunch of dudes who have that kind of vibe like they'll probably connect real well you'll probably get better buy-in from the the fans that way and you have you can do that because you have more of a like central voice and a vibe in a town that are like a lot of these other these towns out there uh, Oakland makes it a little challenging and they seem to have found one voice that is connecting to a lot of people, but I don't know that, that will continue to connect to them long term. And that's where I start to worry, um, about that, but it might work and it might be fine. 
And really, it is about, if we're talking expansion, in my opinion, I've said before, I'll say it again, it's the race to Tucson, man. I, I want to know, it, I got to assume teams, it, Tucson is so far in the middle of nowhere, but if y'all don't know, Tucson currently has a Pecos League team in a ballpark that seats 10,000, and they get good attendance, like not crazy, but like for 4th of July game, I think they sold that thing out this year. Like, it's something. And You put a real league is, in there. I'm always like... I know. I'm looking like, how could the pioneer stretch down that far? Man. Like, how? What's the face? It's not that far from you is know it, looking at the Colorado market. Is it bad that like I hear that and I'm almost like, is Oakland the test run for this? Could be. Like, and here's the thing, though. You know, you need some westward expansion either way. I mean, like, here's the thing too, because like, how much further is like Tucson to say like? You know, I'll just use Oakland because we know them for right now. Like, how much worse is that than, like, say, Colorado Springs to Idaho Falls? Mm-hmm. Great question. Especially when you figure you could probably fly that. Now, obviously, that's going to be incurring a greater expense, but mm-hmm. right orc, who cares? Well, so there's a couple things here. So Idaho Falls, Colorado Springs is almost exactly the same drive as Grand Junction to Tucson. It's good to know. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, right. Then so on the flip side, you've got Boise to Oakland, which is almost the same. They're all within about thirty minutes of each other, drive time wise. Now that drive is over ten hours, but there are longer drives than Indy Ball in every league. Yeah. Um, I would say this is also the test case for can you make flying reasonable if it's done in a way that makes sense. Um, that's going to be a harder one to solve um, where, you know, are, is it going to be a flying league or is it going to be more of a busing thing when say there are some teams between Oakland and Boise, say if you were to do the Tucson thing, for example, you would drop another team in there somewhere, even though it's, I don't know where the hell you go. Sedona, Sedona, maybe Flagstaff. I don't know that we'll get in another time, but that's the stuff that they, that this is serving as a test case for, for not only the pioneer league, but, Multiple. What if New Mexico is the sure answer? I'm sure watching how this works. What's that? What if New Mexico is the answer? Um, I mean, maybe. Because Roswell, like, what, uh, what's Roswell like? Is really the question here. As we start, Roswell, and we'll try to get back what, onto the point after this yes. short discussion at this short detour. But on the topic of pioneerly expansion, I feel like the Pecos is ironically like the best comparison here, if for no other yeah. reason than just like. Where the pick or pioneer has to go is Pecos territory, and frankly, you would hope the pioneer league could beat them out. Yeah, um, I mean Roswell's ballpark's a garbage fire. Okay, so that's not going to work. Um, so yeah, I, that's just the one thing I always get from people. Like if I remember right, they had issues this year because they didn't have a tarp and they got rain and oh. just, like washed out a whole series or something. Oh, um, that's a problem. The and it's not great, um, but let's see. I would say, let me see. I think Santa Fe might make more sense or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's possibly. what I was going to say. Again, we can deep dive that. Yeah. That's a whole off-season episode, but um, and not this one specifically. Yeah, but, expansion um, mania would, is going to be one though. We have open weeks. I know, right? I would just say yeah. it's reasonable, and I think there's going to be a lot of people watching this. I assume. 
that the Pioneer League is doing this with the intent of t- testing some things out yeah. and using this to sort of as a proof of concept on some things. Yeah, fact-finding um, mission. Might go real awesome. sideways, oh. but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, all that to say, look, I want this to work for a million reasons. I'm worried about it for not necessarily a million reasons, but quite a number. Um, yeah, and we'll see, man. I know that's not really a... I feel like this is a very disjointed way to go about this conversation, but there's just... There's a yeah, lot of unknowns. If you're listening, I hope you understand, like, this is like, this is, how do we even talk about it? <laughs> like, because yeah. this just isn't really done. Honestly, this hasn't the, been done since the Sugarland move. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I think the, the kind of way where to put a bow on at least the Oakland part of it, because I do want to take just a second to talk about what could be that near Sacramento area market, because I have a couple guesses mm-hmm. on it, okay. which I just got from looking at a map quickly. But just to kind of like put the bow on it, it's really putting it into perspective how massive of a move overall this has been. And I think this is where we kind of make it more positive as well, because admittedly we pointed out a lot of flaws there, but I think that's important to, you know, at least acknowledge the reality that's facing them. Right. So in the sense of just scope wise, it's, I mean, it's direct to a shot over the bow of Major League Baseball as you can get. It's one of the largest gatherings of, you know, general national press we've seen in the space in, well, what, about half a decade now? I mean, like, the rules agreement is the only other thing I could think of that would really be on the same plane. And even then, it's not exactly the same. And then just the ripple effects for not just the Pioneer League, but what it can mean for other leagues right that's what means so much here and i also think it's important one thing i meant to point out a little bit ago would be you know when we look at like the american association looking at like tennessee we were like oh you know i don't know about that but they can always go ahead and take over other markets and be good there and for this one we're like whoa it's way out there and the reason why that may seem like kind of you know jekyll and hyde on our perspectives there is the american association is a much different league than the pioneer like the pioneer I don't think we would have really thought they would have ever been that daring. Not because leadership wouldn't do it, but just because it's such a an odd thing for them to undertake. Like they're just not the league that you would think would be all right. Fly the colors and let's see what happens. There, for them to make that kind of move is just such a. It's it's almost, I don't want to say it's beyond words because it can be described, but it's just. There's so many different adjectives to describe the thing that it it's really is just mind-blowing. And the overwhelming potential of a move like this, it, it's just, it's awesome in both description and scale. I, that was well said. I was sorry, I was reflecting on, I don't like the way I ended that. Um, the most introspective I, show on top of esoteric. <laughs> I, I hope that you're right i think actually the lead here for indie ball is that there's a league and specifically a team that's given the league mlb the finger and i think i've said it before i don't believe mlb partnership is a net gain for indie ball i'm sure it's a net gain for some of the owners pockets okay cool perhaps um, a handful of teams we see here yeah. it seems to be the pioneer leagues um like deal with them is up 
which I think is also why there are going to be some changes to the contract purchasing and how that works with them. Um, Alimony checks. So keep an eye for that. But uh, <laughs> it's funny that, I mean, right away now, Pioneer League, which again is a league basically made up of teams who were broken up with by MLB, was immediately like, and we're going to Oakland, now what? So I like it, and I would, I'd encourage that. I always encourage the boldness in the face of MLB. I think a lot of, of leagues and teams tiptoe MLB, despite not necessarily being under their thumb. Um, and what I think all this shows, and will hopefully continue to show, is frankly, this is something I pay a lot of attention to. Man, MLB is toothless. They are, like, game it out if they want to have an issue with this. Is we're putting a team in your backyard. They're literally down the same highway. Like they're what, 15 minutes away or something like that from them. They're like, we're not necessarily going to compete with you, but when your attendance is only 6,000 anyway, and it's going to be less after officially leaving. And now we have a ballpark that could fit a thousand, a thousand people are going to be not going to your game. That's like 20% of your attendance. If they were able to do that, like just that threat. And for that, like, and what's MLB going to do? What are they going to say? Because you can't say we're taking a team and also you can't do that, which I think, by the way, they could. I think MLB yeah. could try to flex with the MLB partnership connection on the Pioneer League. I, I don't know the details there, but I've seen them do some weird stuff involving other leagues in the past, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I I just hope this is a lesson to other teams to be like, just other leagues, just do it. Just do the thing. Don't worry about it. Like, because here's the thing, everybody wants to be, you know, MLB, a lot of these long-time organizations have MLB dreams or whatever, but in reality, Indie Ball came along as the competitor and the alternative, mm. and in the end, MLB doesn't think about Indie Ball much. Like, they don't, we don't live in their head, and frankly, I, I I think any connection that they have to us is simply strategic for their own control. And by not necessarily giving them control, I think it's a good thing. And I think by, um, I don't know, just not giving them the respect that everyone seems to assume they're due just because they're dad and, yeah. and we're like the kid or something like that, I think is a good call. I, I think embrace the independence and, um, and I think you'll get good results more often than not. And I'm looking at like, again, teams, you know, you still using the indie ball name, still doing promos that kind of make fun of certain things that MLB is involved with publicly talking about how going to indie ball can be really great and, you know, not worrying about stepping on toes. It's just that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. There's, I, I was shocked still, and I still am shocked by how much tiptoeing around LMB there seems to be. And I, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. There's, very few organizations out there that have a worse reputation. The best thing they've done is add a clock. Like, let's be honest. That's all they've done in the past, like, 10, 20 years. So this isn't the powerhouse organization. They have the money, yeah, but they don't have the the moral high ground on anything. There's a lot of towns and cities around this country that could have professional baseball, that could have it right in their backyard, but they don't because MLB can veto it. So, like, if you think you could have had a, ML, a minor league team or you think you should have or you think you still should, a lot of that comes down to the stupid region game they play where if you're within X amount of miles as another team, they can say no to you putting a professional team of, like, basically any level there. Oh, and that's Indy why Indy Ball's one of the last yeah. people. 
Yeah. That, that's literally, the genesis yes. for modern indie ball. It's just literally, we yes. could not put a team there because region block. So I was like, fine, we won't be affiliated. And that's how. Yep. That, and that, Frank Bolton got mad. <laughs> Frank Bolton's um, like, screw you. I'm going to put a team here in Hempstead. I, Long Island. I don't give a damn yeah. what the New York Mets have to say. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like that's it. And But think about that. Like the New York Mets, who, if we really look at it, I mean, what do they even invest in Long Island compared to what they probably should or could? We're the ones being like, no, you can't have a professional baseball team. We don't care what it would do for your local economy. We don't care what it would do for the people. We don't care what it would do for jobs. No, too bad, because we want every cent we can get. Gross. Gross. Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody, like, I think we can, oh, MLB, you've proven there's a good baseball market in a certain city? Cool. We're going to put a team there, too. Like, so... What are we gonna, and we're going to yeah. charge half the price and put on a great fun product and maybe we'll be in a little Savannah bananas sometimes for in-game entertainment and uh, going to put on a good show while everybody is, you know, worried about getting out of the ballpark in less than three hours down the street. Again, those of you who've been around will not be surprised when I say, well, what happened to one baseball? Because as, oh, as I recall... When we started talking about the partner leagues, what is a partner league? And it's hard to really nail down what a partner league is. We're partners in what? Well, we're partners in, in baseball. And it came out with the, you know, all the leagues together, the, the minor leagues, which yes, we did just cut a bunch of those teams, but not fully because just a lot of them are now Indian the teams or nothing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just reshuffled and they didn't get cut loose from anything because all of us together, these, partner leagues now not indie leagues not independent these minor leagues they're not minor they're what professional development leagues yeah. we're all one baseball and there's a brand and there was a logo and i haven't seen it once, once. it's nowhere Never. it's it's no they're they're retweeting who won the triple a and double a championships the mlb account and we don't get even mentioned like it's embarrassing. It's a joke. It's gone to what I've always said it is, which is the only reason they wanted any sort of connection there and get some money in the hands of some of the owners is because they could leverage them. Be like, maybe it was just to use the brand. Maybe there was no money. That's something else that we could debate. But it was because they then had something that, you know, it is as a nightmare. If you're on beat, that is a rare vulnerability for you that another team could just pop in, you know, if you did something shitty, like take a team out of Oakland, uh, and then they could just pop in and make you look bad and put a team right there. Um, that's a risk. So, you know, you want to limit that risk a little bit. And that's what it was. They want to have, a, they hated that there was nothing they could do to, to yank the chain on these independent teams. There's 70 professional baseball teams across this country. They could not do anything to or with. And that gave them the connection and just drives me up a wall because it was so transparent and we screamed it from the rooftops and they said no it's great MLB and then here we are and what have we got the show for man it's embarrassing and like the only time Sorry. I've ever seen that was that was a rant there was the rant I, the only time I see partner <laughs> league the only time I ever see that partner league crap is is occasionally when I go to a ballpark I'll see a banner mm-hmm. or on like promotional material and mm-hmm. I always sit there and go how much good is this really doing? Like in the beginning, I wanted to be positive. Also, I think that was like the third show I ever did was when that dropped. I remember I was sitting in class when that dropped. So I was like, ooh, that's that's gonna be a fun week. 
but like I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to be upbeat about it, right? And like every passing year, it's like nope. This it's uh, it's like Lando from uh, Star Wars. This deal just keeps getting worse all the time. It keeps getting worse, for, except for like a handful of teams. Like I said, if you're in a pro sport market, I bet that helps. But like if you're in a market like Kane County, Tri City. I don't think you really give a rat's ass about Major League Baseball. In fact, I think you'd like to flip them the Dirty Birds of Charleston that also lost their team in that whole deal. You know, I, I really mm-hmm. don't think you're exactly, you know, Kumpari right now. So, I, I the whole thing there, it's just, it goes back to the point where, like, I get, and like, that whole conversation we just had, is also why it's like, I want Oakland to work because it is the middle finger and I get the spite angle of it and I get all of that. And then it's immediately countered by the first hour of this show where we were like, you don't want to build a team off of spite because that fades. But like, you also see the appeal of this, of spite and going and running with that. So there's just so much here and so much on the bone that, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's such an interesting move going to Oakland, and it's awoken a lot of feelings in both of us. Apparently, definitely. Um, only other Oakland adjacent topic here, which is kind of like ribs adjacent um, for those in the pre-show. <laughs> the Southern Northern California team. We're going to find out in about a month or so. Do we have predictions for where this team could be? We know it's going to be near Sacramento, but we don't have the exact town. Um, I would, cause I have two guesses. I think so it's really hard to guess because I never would have guessed where they are currently playing with Oakland, like yeah. at a, what, NA, at a community college. Cause like if you're pulling up maps of teams, you're not even looking at community college teams. So who knows? Last chance am, you represent. Uh, <laughs> um, I am fascinated by the potential for, um, what Maryville. Yeah. I think that's it's uh, we are hearing the rumors of you know Sacramento adjacent um, so you know maybe <laughs> but um, they, they are I mean it's 35 mi- miles ish away I think but it's just it's one of the only big ballparks there if you are already entering the one California market with a lot of work to do you, I just feel like you probably common sense would like less work to do on the other team um, Marysville showed up to the Pecos League as seemingly, from what I'm hearing from most people, fairly legitimate organization. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see them kicked around. Who knows how that would work out with the Pecos? Um, but they have some weird scheduling stuff. Right, there, there's some, they have a schedule for 2024 already, but then, I don't know. It, it, who knows what that means? It's the Pecos, man. They could, They've replaced teams closer to opening day, so I'm not that worried about that. But um, I just, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> I'm so confused by the fact they went to a community college. So I'm like, I don't know, bro. It could go anywhere. They could be playing a field. Um, Here's the thing. Who owns Marysville, first off? Oh, uh, well, I would assume, uh, what's his face? Andrew oh, Johnson. Okay, so then... Yeah, done. Oh, it's not Alpine, so done owns it. Okay, so essentially, the current team would have to die, and the city would have to find a new owner, and then take it over. Then, right? 
I would, yeah, I would assume so. And that's assuming that Marysville, the current team, does not have a deal for the stadium they're playing in. I at least that'd be tough to break. Um, maybe, yeah. Because that's the issue. I, that, who, I'm trying to think through how that would even work, but I'm also like, obviously, we depend on the terms of the lease. But if I have a Pecos League team and the Pioneer League approaches me and I'm a local government, I'm like, I'm trying to throw the Pecos League team out. Do. No one's arguing that. I do what I got to do. Yeah, that's, exactly. But at the end of the day, there's also you have a contract. So at what point is it like, okay, we're better off just waiting them out and getting rid of them that way and just not renewing the contract like you're, you know, have every right to do as opposed to trying to evict the guy. Regardless, to steer us back on track because there is other stuff we want to discuss and we're now at like 90 minutes on this. Good luck editing. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. But... The two I have are Foreign Pacific Association markets, which I immediately believe will be met with groans and eye rolls. But what about Sonoma and Napa? Particularly Napa. Yeah. Um, trying to remember where the Stompers played. Um, no, we're that great. I looked this up yeah, while uh, we were doing I remember talk earlier. If they had, um, because honestly, Ben Lindbergh and Sam Miller were there for the one year to do their experiment book thing yeah i mean it's a it's a chain link fence field so yeah. that's that yeah so that's not gonna work <clears> what was the other one you had that i just sent yeah. you uh not sonoma i sent you napa oh napa that was the other one yeah you're in napa valley college yeah okay oh college that's my thinking it's a college one it's not a full-time thing like this is not the kind of deal that can work long term but it's a JUCO field, just like Lane, like uh, Laney is. It'll work for now, and that's really all you okay. gotta ask for. And that's my thinking. Yeah. Plus, uh, it's—I uh, can't overstate how thrown I am by the fact that they went to um, a community college. Yeah. That's really making it difficult for me to predict where they're going to go with this. And see, here's the thing, too. No one's going to say and pretend like Laney's Field isn't better than this, but like they're not that dissimilar. Uh, Clive uh, Borman Field is the uh, location, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the appropriate distance, at least four exactly. or five. It, it's right in that general area. It's kind of in between the Bay Area and Sacramento. It fits on a lot of levels. Again, not long term. And like, this is going to sound really shitty to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh no one's going to remember if Napa Valley fails, but they'll remember if Oakland fails. And if Oakland succeeds, no one cares if Napa failed. Not wrong. Not wrong. It, it's it's underhanded. Huh. It, it's very cutthroaty, but like, if you basically say, hey, we need you, you go to an ownership group, you say, do us a solid. Just put the team there. It just has to last three or so years until we can get other expansion that general region. And then once that's the case, then you can fold it if you want. But you just got to eat one for two or three years. You'll know if Oakland works out in two to three years. And if it doesn't work out in that third year, you could just fold them all, call the whole West Coast thing a bust, and reorganize on your strategy. But It was if- a great experience. We all really enjoyed the community. I think we did a lot of good things here. Uh, we look forward to hopefully returning to California someday. 
mm-hmm. uh, in the near future, and then they don't come back again. Yeah, it's about yeah, about. exactly. You have your out already built in, and so yeah, it's not great when you're essentially birthing a team for it to die, but it is a solution to the problem, and you avoid the whole river cat issue, which anywhere that close to Sacramento is going to get killed by them. So you're in that nice little space there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off. I don't know. This is entirely my own thinking and entirely my own, you know, kind of figuring. And I'm sure I'll have a couple people tell me I'm wrong. And hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm just throwing it out there. I could see Napa as a thing. And I understand that ideally you don't want to go ahead and throw a team out there just for them to fail later on. It's a bad overall look. But the risk reward of essentially making Oakland succeed is worth it, in my opinion. Interesting. I don't know if I agree with it entirely. I mean, but obviously it's a bit out there, but I I think there's some merit, and that's really all I was looking for. Because yeah. realistically, where else is it going to go? I mean, you could look at like summer wooden bat leagues in Northern California. You could do that, but how much better are their fields going to be? And who yeah, are you going to have to share with? Also true. Yeah. Oof. Um, well, last thing on Pioneer League expansion, we've really beaten this to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really the, the real, we're probably over obsessed on California because I think the real thing that they need to look at is Oregon moving forward. Um, oh, that Maverick League? if I'm honest, I think Maverick League teams, um, there's the, there's the Volcano Stadium in Salem. Yeah. Um, You've got Corvallis also. I'm not sure what their ballpark looks like these days or how the team's doing. I'm just saying it's an interesting market if we're just listing the Oregon markets. Um, and then additionally, dude, the Portland Pickles do numbers. Like the Portland could definitely support a, a team that is an indie, like an indie ball team and keep the current vibe, yeah. same energy, same chaos level, indie ball. I don't know if they actually need to go make that move if you're Portland. But if you can work out a deal, you can work out a deal, and you have a good fan base already. But that's where I would also start looking at doing Western expansion because North North California to Oregon is like nothing, especially mm-hmm. for a normal Pioneer League drive. So yeah, just worth considering. It is interesting. It is interesting. Damn, man. there's like high capacity ballparks out in Oregon. Sorry, everyone I clicked on is like <laughs> a lot more than you would think. Huh. It is interesting. Like Vincana Stadium. Good lord. I don't uh, want to go down the pickles the thing I had because I had a whole pickles thing, which I'm not going to touch on right now. But I have I mean, thoughts on that. Okay, we'll, another day. But yeah. Um, yeah, man, like a lot of ballparks in Oregon. I would be surprised if they go fully with some a Western Pod expansion. I would be very surprised if there's not at least one Oregon team. That's all. Hmm. Near it. So. I think we've talked enough about California, Oakland, and all yeah, the that's adjacent. on me. <laughs> nah, nah, it was a good conversation. Who knows how much we'll actually, you know, survive to see the episode. So fair enough. Good word. Gonna be lost scraps. Yeah. Uh, last week we promised baseball united talk. Do we still want to do that, or do we think we've done enough talking and we can put a pin in that for another week? 
your call entirely because uh, you'd be leading that yeah. charge. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a ton of feelings on it. I'll, I could take it or leave it at this point. It was what I expected it to be. So, a showcase yeah, of generally, a, roughly speaking, slightly above Atlantic League standard baseball that really in no way, shape, or form moved the needle and only really got the kind of attention it got because of the names it drew and the money it had attached to it. Yeah, and everybody came back saying how great Dubai is, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. You should maybe, uh, I don't know, let Kelsey Whitmore play. Why would that not, would that not, would, huh? Would that not work in Dubai? Why, why is that? Why would that not work? Anyway, um, I don't need to talk about it much. Yeah. I, I don't feel negative about it. I don't feel positive about it. I just, the only one that kind of got me was there's a lot of guys over there who I have heard or have seen with some very hot takes about the Savannah Bananas, but they're more than willing to play with the golden ball that had double runs for home runs uh, the moment they got some Dubai money. So fascinating. For whatever reason, there's these little red specks on that golden ball too. I don't know what they came from, but uh, they're, they're just little red specks, you know? Oh, Lordy, just don't peek behind the curtain and it'll all be okay in Dubai. It really, it really is the, the like Oz, isn't it? It's so funny. Well, at least the news is pretty quick, if I'm honest. Yeah, let's get to that news. Uh, I joked about it in the beginning of the show, but Steve Tasser officially named commissioner of the Frontier Lake. Good. He's basically been doing the job anyway. So, mm-hmm. at least he gets the title and the pay with it now. Not really sure the pay is really that much of an incentive. I can't imagine it's that big of an upgrade. You can't imagine this. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah, I mean, Steve. You go from making 45 plus benefits to 48 plus benefits. And we'll comp your travel. I'm thinking, like hey, I mean, I don't have a lot to add on it. Because he's been doing it for a while. Um, yeah, he's good at it. Yeah. And other, like, it's all like of, all for the league, though. Yeah, true. I'll say that. Plus, they're at a crossroads, too, where they're going to have to make some important decisions around expansion and countering, or they almost certainly will have to counter the American Association and Atlantic League soon. They now stretch over two people's territories, and they got to stake their own claim. Now, it seems like they're choosing to go under the wave as opposed to over the wave, but it's still a decision you got to make and execute. So, interested to see what they do and how they execute. Yeah, very. They have some options on the table, and we'll see if they take them. Okay, on the other piece of news, uh, no co-manager got his contract renewed. Gonzalez is back. No firm feelings one way or the other. Now, as I pointed out before, when a manager gets re-signed or announced this late in the game, it's a potential sign that it wasn't, you know, everyone's first option, either on one side or the other. But uh, they're back together, and uh, hopefully vibes are good there. I don't know. Um, I just talked a couple weeks ago about how Northern Colorado really averted a potential disaster with how their season started just operations wise. And, uh, hopefully, you know, bringing, having some consistency in the clubhouse will help <laughs> and, uh, you know, get a, get a smooth season going, man. That's key. Yeah. So either it's, he did a really good job and was looking for a better opportunity perhaps, or the team's like, you know what, go explore other opportunities. And they're like, you know what? Like a couple having a kid just to keep it together, they said, let's give it a shot. I, I like the idea of them putting a contract on the desk in front of them. They'd be like, yeah, we're happy to extend this offer to you. And he goes, uh, 
awesome. Hey, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and then like a month and a half later comes back and he's like, all right, looks good. And just signs it. <laughs> Jazz, and I had my lawyers look it over and you know, it's, they're not rushing to get to it. You know how lawyers are. <laughs> yeah, they'll be, uh, they'll, they'll get a look at it by Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll get it back to you by Christmas. I always wonder if there's a certain amount of people who get the Thanksgiving holiday, hang out with their family, go, mm, I could do another year. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, I could actually see that being a thing. Oh, dude, for sure, man. I, I mean, and hey, honestly, no could go the other way, too. There, I, uh, I, I was talking to a scout. He, he was with the Royals at the time. and. Yeah. He was like, yeah, retired. And I was like, you're still here, though. And he goes, yeah, uh, about three months into the offseason, my wife realized, oh, this is going to be all the time then, huh? And <laughs> now I'm working again. <laughs> I was like, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. See, <laughs> that's why Ryan's wife doesn't discourage us from doing this podcast. She's like, you know what? This maybe isn't a bad thing. <laughs> Oh, man, the Virgin River Christmas specials came out. She's been fine. Oh, thank God. I was concerned. I don't know what that is, but I was concerned that it wouldn't come out this year, so that's good. That's right. You're not 30. You have a <laughs> night like me, hot day with the wife, have a couple of drinks, got a buzz on, came back, did a podcast while she listened to, she watched Virgin River. Really embracing my 30s, man. See, what's worse is all he was drinking was O'Doul's, so not good. Oh, God damn. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, my mistake. You're a man of class. Heineken Zero. I don't get me started. Different thing. Do you have a conversation entirely? <laughs> All right. We have any other news we want to talk about? Or did we uh, canvas everything possible? Uh, I got some transaction highlights to see us out. All right. If you want to do that. Um, Which also, just before you, you know, jump into that, I just want to throw one yeah, thing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For nearly two months now, we've been trying to find you a hockey team. We're going to put your feet to the fire on this soon i made i made some progress so we can pick that up next week i'm down to like two or three okay can we at least like get the two or three so i can cross them off and we'll toss this right in the middle so that way everyone that like normally would tune out they now have to deal with it because screw them they'll have to deal with it <laughs> uh yeah i'm out on the flyers for sure that leaves me at the Predators, Panthers, or Sharks. So we're just looking at weird, warm-weather teams uh, <laughs> that are animals that could rip your face off. So I don't really know how to do that. Okay, so we got, like, a buy-high, a buy-regular price, and a buy-low. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll then. see. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Spam Ryan's DMs with which team you want him to pick. Do it. He'll yeah, appreciate it. No, okay. Um, I speak for you. It's okay. <laughs> It's my uh, so the if we're talking if, uh, if people are dying to hear a little bit of on field yeah. talk, I've got uh the big one stuck out to me. Um first Oakland player, which I think I might have actually broken that. They probably want to do some sort of like press release for it, but it was on the transactions page, so that's on you. Uh Oakland Ballers, they have uh had Dondre Hubbard approved as their franchise player, which is uh contract shenanigans for the pioneer league don't worry about what franchise player means but it means that he will most likely be playing for the oakland ballers this year and that'll be the first player signed by them uh last year he was a batting champ in the pioneer league slash 395 456 623 disgusting um he's one of those guys that it's interesting for him because he's really killed it in the pioneer league but he struggled in like the american association the atlantic league 
and he's like 28, 29. So my guy's got to like kind of show that he can get it done and like start positioning himself for some Atlantic League time or American Association time and like show that he can be successful. So he, these are some big seasons for him coming up. So that's something to watch and interesting move from Oakland. And it kind of shows that, you know, it's interesting that I don't know how he got from Missoula to Oakland. I'm wondering if the league was involved in making sure Oakland got a nice start. You know what I mean? Which, you know, but what? Uh, I'm sure. I'm not against mm-hmm. it. If that's the case, you really need this to work out for the benefit of everybody here. So, you know, I... be a team player. And I could see Missoula being a team player too. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised. Like I was like, Oh, I wonder if he has like an Oakland connection. He does not. Oh, well, um, <laughs> just like, he's a good player. The, Send him to Oakland. Yeah. Um, other ones that caught my attention. Uh, I mean, Gateway did a bunch of their contract uh, exercise contract options on guys like big ones were Josh Lucas. He pitched well last year. Trevor, oh, I never know the name, and I can't. I always feel like Teets is wrong. Tights, Teets, yeah, no. but he's nasty. Two point nine one ERA with Gateway last year. Um, he's striking out over one in innings. Slider and changeover gross on him. Um, they also got Pete Zimmerman locked in for nice, the big guy. contract option. I know. Let's go one. Zimmerman, two ends on that. Don't mess it up. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Zach Treese as well, going into his ninth indie ball season. He's, uh, what's he got? A two, I looked up, he has a 271 ERA in like 351 career Frontier League innings, striking out 9.8 in his career. Um, played some ball in Germany and Australia back in the day, too. He missed, he didn't play like American Pro Ball between like 2018, 2022. Three, twenty twenty, yeah, twenty twenty three. He was like he had an injury and it just like sent him on this odyssey that she just came back from. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, other ones. Kyle Gadell, he got brought back by Gateway. Uh, Lincoln signed Wyatt Sparks. He struggled last year in like high A and double A, but he was nasty in single A. And then he got cut and then looked good in like a few innings with Lincoln. So that'll be interesting to see if he's a dog or he ends up like in the Pioneer League. Um, Noco signed Nathan Draves. He's Good pitcher, put up good numbers considering he was pitching Noko. Um, Cleburne got Justin Klein sword. He had he pitched well Grand Junction last year. Um, his only thing was he was giving up some contact, and a lot of that contact was finding its way out. I mean, not a ton. Pioneer but, you know, League, once you get him out of the Pioneer League, if he can bring it back down. Um, but yeah, other than that, Washington Wild things signed Caleb McNeely. He's good. Kyle White also to Washington. So. There's some noteworthy ones. We're starting to get there a little bit, but for those of you who are really closely following the on-field action, there's, that's kind of your updates and your headlines on the transaction side. couple also from uh, the week also I saw here. Uh, generally looking at other gateway guys here, it looked like, uh, who did I see here? Gateway, uh, oh, Clint Freeman and Sam Gardner, too. Got options mm-hmm. renewed. And I also saw yep. Jake Sanford back in Ottawa. That's a solid one. Mm-hmm. Earlier today, Dakota Phillips got dealt from Evansville to Fargo. So that's interesting there. And uh, I don't think we mentioned it last week because I'm pretty sure it was a last week thing, but and not this week thing. But uh, Jamari Profar got dealt to Lake Erie for uh, Keenan Estero. Yeah. That seems like a pretty big trade yeah, that, that maybe should have mentioned. Yeah, we were really caught up in the Blaze Brothers thing when it came to the transactions last year. Yeah. Um, or last week, rather. Uh, yeah, and uh, Ben Lavorsi, catcher for Boise. I like him. He, I think he's a good addition, good keep around. So that was the other one I was thinking about. But yeah, there you go. That's your your quick check-in. We'll get a little more on-field talk going as we continue through some things. But 
figured busy week off field. We'll just give some highlights. It's always a busy week in the Bay Area. Which can we just agree with one Busy the Bay. Can we, so are we going to go with grab the bull by the ballers or are we going with California dreaming? Because one's far more generic than the other. Uh, I like grab the bull by the ballers. We're we talking about here. Okay. So now we're in agreement. That's the title of this episode. Don't mess with the bull. You'll get the ballers. Uh, here's that. Right in the ballers. I think this episode's over. <laughs> I think it is too. Where can they find your transaction list? Uh, they can find it. It's a Google sheet that I try to update every day. Um, I have it pinned to the top of my Twitter. Uh, it's also in the highlight and the top of my Instagram profile. Both of those are Indie Ball Nation. Keep an eye out for a YouTube video this weekend. Just talking about how the offseason's going and all that. And uh, yeah, Indie Ball Nation on basically whatever platform I'm on. Is that also where you went ahead and slammed uh, the Kansas City Royals? Uh, I, I still got that as a draft tweet. I actually had... I got some friends out that way. Well, I'm asking a couple follow-up questions just to see if I get some inside info. All right. You're perfect. Completely forgot to, to do the digging on that one when the Oakland news was going right, going down. See, that's why I'm here, to remind you to do the work that will then bear fruits on this show. So we can properly harass MLB. God bless. That's our mission here. I won't, and, why won't a team hire me? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Oakland will hire you. Oh well, actually, talk about an organization I could fit in. Plus, I mean, the flights out there would be easier. Maybe, maybe. But uh, Indie Ball Pot on Twitter, Indie Ball Report everywhere else. It'll be off-season content starting soon, you know, because now we're in December, so I should probably start pushing it out. So get ready for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Busy week, and it never stops. Because remember, the ride never ends. It just slows down and speeds up. And until the oh, next... Oh, I feel like we probably are going to get some new people listening to this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> this was the wrong time to realize that. <laughs> remember, kids. Now is the perfect time to jump on. You can buy low on this show here. You should go back to when we were trashing other organizations like Gastonia and Lexington, who we had a whole like Twitter and apparently Facebook group discussion on why Lexington wants to sell, which, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they bought something that they thought was worth more than it was and realized, oh, wait, this is like buying a boat. And now they need to go sell the boat. Yeah, they were not aware of the full situation. Yeah, so that's long and short. We'll go into more detail. Oh, wow, I almost forgot the most important thing. The Q&A. I need to promote the Q&A. Otherwise, you won't have questions to do it, which will make it kind of a problem. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Q&A episode, December 30th. That's when it's going to be released. Uh, Collectively agree, questions in, ideally before Christmas, but worst comes to worst, like 27, 28. I don't need much prep time. I'm just winging it. There you go, guys. <laughs> so get it in by the t- by the 28th, because that's when we're probably going to wind up recording it. So you got, let's see, this comes out in the second. You got about 25 days to get your questions in. Questions that require work, get them in earlier. You guys know the drill. This is like the fourth or fifth time we've done this. Ironically, though, normally it's a new person every time. Maybe that says something about me. No, I'm not that introspective. Uh, um, <laughs> but it's the co-hosts who are wrong. 
clearly. If they if they weren't wrong, then they wouldn't be co-host. They'd just be a host. But because they're co, they must co-host be lesser. Means second place. Exactly, which just means you mean first loser. Village idiot. <laughs> exactly, it just means like the guy that gets my drink, and none of this Heineken Zero bullshit. Anyway. So, yeah, get the questions in by, say, I don't know, Christmas Day. There you go. That's all there really is to it. So, Q&A, December 30th, same questions. Uh, Forms of contact on the website, Indie Bar Report Pod, or just DM me or Ryan, and we will write it down and get to it. So, yeah. Until next week, don't forget to play ball.